0: Hey folks, it's Andy, the analytical preacher here. You know, in conversations that I have as a minister with folks one-on-one, a very common topic that comes up is stress or anxiety or worry. A lot of folks are interested in speaking to a minister about those topics. I've looked at recent surveys and they show that America's anxiety level continues to go up overall across all generations. Anxiety is higher now than it was, say, a decade or two decades ago. Surveys show that millennials had a higher or have a higher uh, deal with anxiety to a greater degree than did the generations before them. And now that Gen Z folks deal with anxiety to an even greater level than millennials. So I want to talk about in this podcast... How does the Bible define anxiety? What does the Bible say about anxiety? Are there any instructions that we can take away that might really benefit us on the topic? So let's first just kind of zero in on sort of a common definition. Let's sort of set a common framework, and then we'll get into the scriptures and see what they say. I think most folks understand anxiety is really sort of a subcomponent of fear, if you will. It's, it's a worry about fear, someone said to me once. Fear, of course, can be healthy. Fear is just one of those basic instinctive type emotions. And the Bible actually doesn't tell us that we need to control those base level emotions because those emotions really are hardwired into us. And so where we have to look at, the Bible doesn't tell us do not have fear the Bible does tell us, however, do not be anxious. So there must be some way that the Bible is differentiating between the two. Let me give a real quick example of, of what fear is, how it's sort of uncontrollable and how it can even be healthy. Let's say I've gone um, up on a mountain in the woods somewhere to go on a hike and I get out of my car and I'm a few feet away from my car and all of a sudden, boom, out jumps a bear and it's growling, and it seems exceedingly unhappy, or maybe it's even coming at me, and fear is going to be a natural emotion. It's going to be a natural instinct, if you will. I'm not going to be able to control that. If I step out of a car, turn to my left, and I'm facing an angry bear, the fear is natural, and the fear is is positive. It's healthy because instead of allowing my mind to get distracted by something else, the chirping of a bird or whatever, the fear focuses my attention on the immediate danger, on what could be an immediate life-threatening danger and forces me to calculate my reaction. So in other words, I'm getting back in the car. I may even get back in the car and drive away because my fear has now just overwhelmed me. And again, the Bible doesn't really tell us to control that kind of emotion. So then why is it the Bible tells us, Jesus tells us, the apostle Paul tells us, do not be anxious. Kind of what is the difference? I think the easiest way to look at it would be this way. Let's say I'm talking to some friends about going on a hike and I even inquire about bears in the area and they saw there's not really any bears in the area. There's not been any reports of that. It's fine. But over the course of that day and the night and the following morning, my obsessive thoughts about my anxieties, my worries about potentially running into a bear and how bad it could be if I did run into a bear and the things that can happen. All of a sudden, I cancel the hiking trip with my friends because I've let an anxiety or a worry about something that might not happen. And something, in fact, that probably won't happen, I've let that now interfere with my life. I've worried about something that I can't control that may not even occur. I think it's helpful at this point to say, because we live in a sin-cursed world, you go back to Genesis 3, God made everything perfect, everybody was healthy, there was no death, etc. Then mankind chose to rebel against God, against God's moral rules and law, And it says that God cursed creation. And we don't hear about the creation becoming uncursed until the last couple of chapters of Revelation. So the first two chapters in the Bible, we live in an uncursed world. And in the last two chapters of the Bible, we see again, God recreates what the Bible calls a new heaven and new earth where nothing is accursed again. In the middle where we live now, we do live in a cursed world. And so some folks are born maybe with poor eyesight. Other folks are born maybe with a defective heart valve or or whatever their issue is. Some folks are born with this proclivity to worry, uh, to be anxious. And so in some ways, anxiety is just one of the curses we have of being born into and existing in a sin-cursed world. Here's what happens with anxiety. When I turn from getting out of my car and see the angry bear coming at me. The fear is real. The fear is designed to protect me. I can't control it, but it forces me to focus in on and make a decision about what I'm going to do in that environment. Anxiety in one sense is that radar goes off. It either goes off prematurely or it goes off too frequently. And so I'm not facing a danger. I haven't gotten a bad report from the doctor. My child has not failed their class yet. I have not ever seen a bear in my life, though I've been hiking 50 times. But my brain worries about it. My 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 radar, my fear radar is going off, even though there's nothing in theory setting it off like the bear on the trail would. And again, we can't control the way that our brain is wired when we're born, just like we can't control if we have a defective heart valve. Here's one thing that's important to understand about anxiety. We need to be able to tell ourselves that our anxieties, that our obsessive worries are irrational. We need to be able to say, I checked. There's not been anyone bitten by a shark on this beach since 1935. And here it is, 2022, And I'm going swimming with my kids or with my friends or whatever on this beach. There was one shark attack. It was a bite and go. Uh, The person survived a few stitches. That was 1935. Why am I worrying about being bitten by a shark if I go swim on this beach? And what we have to tell ourselves is this is irrational. This is. I've spoken to people who are almost crippled. They're paralyzed with their levels of anxiety. And yet they insist that their fear is not irrational. And that essentially prohibits them, precludes them from being able to address the situation and improve the situation. It's not your fault if you're wired that way. But nevertheless, most anxiety, most obsessive worries are irrational. And the faster we can say to ourselves, This is irrational. And as I begin to obsessively worry about the bear on the hike or the shark in the water or the building falling down when I'm on the bottom floor of a multi-story building, before I begin to obsess about those things, I'm going to coach myself mentally and say, these thoughts are irrational. But let me go to some scriptures and see if the biblical definition and the biblical approach to dealing with it are the same. And of course they are. I'm I'm going to start with the words of Jesus and what is called his Sermon on the Mount. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 6. And I'm going to read uh, verse 24, 25, and 27, sort of set it up and then give you Christ's definition. Jesus says this, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? So Jesus here really defines anxiety as worrying about things over which we have no control. Which of you, by worrying anyway, could add a single hour? to the span of life. Do not worry about, be anxious about, obsess about things over which you have no control anyway. But it's important to notice the setup to this. A lot of folks start when they read the Bible about anxiety, they start with the part about do not be anxious, but it actually starts with the verse before. You cannot serve God in money. That's why that therefore is in there. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, don't be anxious about the material things in life. Focus instead on the godly things in life. Jesus is saying anxiety is primarily a worry about things you have no control over. It's a fear about things that may not come to fruition anyway and that you don't really have an ability to manage one way or the other. He's also saying one of the root problems that leads to anxiety is too much focus on ourselves and or too much focus on worldly things instead of focusing on God and God's work here on earth, instead of focusing on God and God's kingdom here on earth, which we call the church, the New Testament Christian church. Jesus says you can't serve both if your primary focus is on God. It will change your anxiety. It will change your obsessive worrying than if your primary focus is on you or if your primary focus is on material things. In fact, Jesus closes out that section of the Sermon on the Mount, what what we would just call the end of Matthew chapter 6, this way. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, Jesus says, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own troubles. In other words, you're going to stress out about the things that are most important to you and the things that are least important to you are just by definition going to get reprioritized or deprioritized in your mental processes and in your mental cycling. So, make God. Make His church. Make God's work the most important thing in your life. Make your own obedience. Righteousness, it calls it. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Seek God's righteousness for your own life. All the material stuff will take care of itself. Other things will take care of themselves. Put your primary concern on godly things and you'll see some of your earthly anxieties sort of begin to move away. Now the Bible does teach us, of course, in both the Old Testament and the New Testament, we should control today what we can control today and we should plan tomorrow for the things that we can plan for tomorrow. So let's go back to the bear in the mountains. Let's say that we're going camping. I've got a real fear about bears. So Instead of just worrying about the bear and then backing out of the camping trip, I actually do check. I call the ranger stations. I ask about bears in the area. I found out how many attacks that there have been. The ranger tells me, oh, it's minimal. It's this or that. But then she says, look, there's a bear spray that we have. You can buy it at the ranger station. It works 100% of the time. And there's just a couple of ideas that we can give you about um, how to kind of maintain food and clean up around your campsite so that you don't attract bears in. So if you're concerned about it, stop by the ranger station. We'll get you some bear spray. I'll get you a pamphlet on. You're, You're managing things that you can plan for, that you can control. And again, tomorrow will be anxious for itself. But what if I get there tomorrow and even with the bear spray and even with the campground management techniques that the ranger teaching me, well, I can't control those things. And so again, I should prepare the best I can, worry about the things I can worry about from a godly, righteous church, religious perspective. I should prepare today and tomorrow for the things that I have control over and then try to teach myself myself to learn to to build mental habits of not stressing about the things that I have no control over. Let me kind of close here with one final point uh, from the Bible about this cycle because that's the problem with anxiety. Anxiety not only can be a natural uh, for some of us, it's just kind of the way that we are wired in a cursed world, but anxiety can also become a bit of a habit. Not quite an addiction, but a very similar concept. It can become a bit of a habit. And so the Bible talks about this cycle of worrying and anxiety. And because the scriptures know that we can spiral into something like that if we're not careful. So let me read. I'm going to read from the Apostle Paul's um, writing to the church at Philippi. We call this in the New Testament uh, the letter of Philippians. I'm going to go to chapter four and I'm going to read verses four through nine. Paul says this, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say Rejoice. Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. What does it say? Basically, focus on God. Rejoice in the Lord pray to God, but pray with thanksgiving. Focus on God. Pray to God. Think about the things that God has done for you. Let concern about your faith and your religion and your church and your community sort of come out. Let your reasonable reasonableness be known to everyone. It's just Paul's way of saying we have to sometimes force the focus off of ourselves and onto to others. Let your reasonableness be known. Well, how, Paul? Paul says you figure that out. Maybe you need to speak this way or act this way or do these things or engage in that nonprofit charity or whatever, but let your reasonableness be known, but be conscious about it. Because every time I stop and think to myself, I want to make my Christian reasonableness known to this person or this group, I'm now not worrying about something in my future. So rejoice for what God has done. Be concerned about religion in your life. Be concerned about others in your life. And Force yourself to think about how you're going to behave and treat those individuals. Pray with thanksgiving. Prayer is awesome, and it may be the best tool we have to help us with things like anxiety. But just praying and saying to God how anxious we are actually is probably counterproductive. But rather, pray to God with thanksgiving. Count your blessings, as they say. It's amazing. And then Paul is simply saying, Replace your negative thoughts with positive thoughts. Whatever is true or honorable, if there's anything excellent or worthy of praise, think about these things. Think about these things. In other words, fear is instinctive and you can't control it. But when the fear becomes an obsessive worry about things in the future that you couldn't control anyway, you can control it. But you have to say to yourself, my thoughts are irrational. And I'm going to intentionally replace those thoughts with positive thoughts. I'm going to intentionally replace those thoughts with thoughts about other people, how I can let my reasonableness and my Christian faith and my generosity be known to everyone. And I'm going to think instead about what bad could go wrong tomorrow, about the positive things, the things I'm thankful for today. And I'm going to redirect my thoughts into positive thoughts as opposed to obsessively negative thoughts. All right. It's a little hard to give too much detail on things. but I mean, you know, there's things like you have to be careful about what you read and what you watch and how much time you spend on social media because those things can actually tend to aggravate anxiety, even though in the moment they feel very much like they're soothing our anxiety. They ultimately make it worse. Uh, it's a little hard, I think, to put some of that in a podcast because it's so personal. Uh, so this has just been a really high level sort of cover of What does the Bible say about anxiety? How does it define it? And what's its general approach to dismantling anxiety in your life? Hope that was helpful. If anyone is struggling uh, with this, if you are and you found it helpful, please uh, pass the information on to others. And until the next podcast, this is Andy.